From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker Student Athletes. Speaking, Bud, of Husker Student Athletes, home game, for this first home game of the season, and a W. It was, you know, we talked about this last week, and it is so great to have football games back in town. You know, it was kind of a late late start for home games for the Huskers this year. Um, but it was just exciting to see the buzz downtown and the people and, I mean, in and out of those businesses around town. Uh, you know, my wife and I went out to eat Friday night and not even thinking, and it was like, wow, thank God we got here early because we got in right before they started a wait, and it was, by the time we left, it was it was hopping. And, so, and that was way down in South Lincoln. So it was all over town. There was just a great buzz. Um, I was downtown Saturday morning and, you know, at 10 o'clock, 1030 in the morning, we saw people um, already walking around downtown. And I thought, wow, this is a six o'clock game. We're getting an early start today. So um, it's exciting. We've got two more coming up and uh, these next two weeks, both 230 in the afternoon games. I think that's a good uh, it's like winning a raffle. <laughs> Those let's put it later games. It's it's better than an eleven a.m. kickoff. Amen. Especially for our Leba tailgate. Right. So uh, no, a good time, and and it's just great to have that buzz happening in Lincoln again. Speaking of Leba tailgate, it's coming up tomorrow, and in this case, the twenty third. Yeah, the twenty third will be out there um, in front of the From Nebraska gift shop from eight. Or excuse me. Geez, not at 8 o'clock. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., right before kickoff, we'll have burgers, brats, hot dogs, uh, the famous Tico's chips and salsa and dips, uh, some great cookies from Seaweed of Creations, and we'll have some beer, we'll have some soda pop, we'll have water, we'll have all that good stuff. So stop on down from 11 to 2. Um, the, I'll be on the grill, so you, if there's any complaints about the cooking, you just go straight to the top and uh, let me know what you think, and I'll even bust out my Herbie Husker apron again. Why don't Why don't you stay off the grill and just do the grilling? <laughs> well, touche. You, you, know, you, know, you, you got you, me, Vale. You got me, man. That's a good I mean, one. Good I don't job. mind you being in a hot seat, but not there. <laughs> just, yeah, just that's where I live is the hot hey. seat. Let's uh, do a little more on the calendar here in just a minute. But great presentation this past week with the Leba Lunch and Lynn McNally with uh, the Nebraska Horsemen uh, and also uh, giving us all the updates on the Warhorse Casino, the gambling up to date. She really had a great presentation, brought a lot of new uh, information out. Quite frankly, I wasn't aware of. That's going to be a, quite a facility. It is going to be quite a facility. And I mean, she talked about how they bought an additional 150 acres out there. They're really going to develop the horse racing component of it, which I think is really cool. Um, they're going to have a 7 8 mile track. They're putting in, I think she said, 900 horse stalls out there. That's correct. There's going to be an RV park. And so, um, you know, phase one is the building of the casino. Phase two, they're going to build a parking deck. Uh, and then after the parking deck is completed, they're going to build the hotel out there. And and it's really fascinating to listen to Lynn talk about this, about all the thought that went into this development. Because 
I think she said, was it the south side, Mark? She said where the windows were going to, of the hotel rooms, were going to overlook the horse track. That's, that's correct. So you're building a bunch of skyboxes over there is what that sounds <laughs> like. Which is, but I mean, that that's really cool because they'll have some rooms. You can get together with your friends. You can go and watch horse racing from a hotel room or, you know, get a couple of rooms and do a corporate outing and, you know, those kind of things. So it's. And, and I think she said it's the only one in the world that does that. That's right. And and also, she mentioned, and I, and I find this to be fascinating, the uh, new uh, sports book that they will be building as part of the casino also is going to have windows in it, which is something you very el- seldom ever see. But you're going to be able to look out onto the track from the sports book. Yeah, so you can watch a lot of horse racing. Um, and, they're, and they're talking about significant ramping up to like 80 or 90 days of racing every year by 2025 or 2026. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. I mean, you know, Nebraska used to be a big stop in the horse uh, in the horse racing tour, and um, it, when Exarbin was really in its heyday, and I think uh, we're trying to recreate something like that right here in Lincoln. And so, uh, again, I appreciate the presentation. I think people got a really good look at what's happening, um, but the vision that went into it is really really cool, and that's. That's one of the fun things when we get somebody to come to our lunch and we can kind of peel back the onion, as they say, and, and be able to do that. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it develops. And I, I want to go out to the sports book and just sit and watch on the first day of March Madness. And also, I don't know if you ever went to the race course on Kentucky Derby Day. No, I didn't. Holy buckets. I went out there with some friends one time and I'm not a big better. I don't like. It's horse racing. Like, how do you pick a horse? I don't even know. I mean, like, oh, cool name. That's how I do it, you know. Um, But the number of people that were out there when it was just the Lincoln race course for the Kentucky Derby, it it was like you were in Pinnacle Bank Arena for a sellout crowd. It was unbelievable. And so I think those kind of things that they will create... Um, you know, I think she said a less than half of their people that come out there are from Lancaster County. So we've got people coming in from the South. And I think she said one of the other counties that we, a couple of the counties that she mentioned was Gage County. You get a lot of people up from Gage County, which is not surprising. It's, you know, not too far, but then she mentioned Grand Island yeah, and the Grand Island area. And that was intriguing to me because you got Fauner Park. And right. But you also have all these other there? events in Lincoln that draws that crowd. So when they're coming to Lincoln, they're stopping at the casino. Yeah, so it's it's great for economic development, um, you know, and, and I appreciated her reminding us, which is a topic we're going to get into here in a few minutes, but she reminded us that the revenue that they give back to the county and city is to go to property tax relief. And she's, because of the pink cards that we've been having that conversation, she was a little frustrated um, by that with the city specifically. So um, it'll be something for us to watch, but I think the revenues will continue to grow as they get that those hotel rooms out there and more racing and all of that. And, and up to 1,000 employees by the time they're done. Yeah, 1,000 employees in Lincoln. That's that's a big number. And, you know, those people are going to be shopping in our stores and our local businesses and our gas stations and buying, you know, putting their kids in our schools. So it's an exciting time. The other thing that uh, I talked with her about afterwards, and we've been uh, carrying it in some newscasts, and that is on the uh, mobile uh, uh, gambling, uh, mobile apps. And, uh, of course, the legislation or the rules that were put forward after the uh, ballot initiative does not allow for mobile uh, betting. But she did tell me that they have contracts in place so that if mobile betting ever is allowed by statute, 
They already have contracts in place for national uh, gaming, a fan duel, DraftKings. They're ready to turn the switch on day one. Yeah, that goes back to that visionary thing. But remember the other thing um, as we wrap up about the casino, but the other thing she talked about was on their app, you can create, you can create your, your bet, bet and you it creates a QR code. You just walk in and scan it, and it and it does the bet for you. So a lot of creative things have gone into this process. And and they uh, you know they're they're molding the the whole process to meet the needs and and the needs are obviously there. The demand is there. Yeah. So it's great. It's great for Lincoln and and let's hope that they they are very successful so that we can see property tax relief. Let's do a quick uh, rundown of the calendar. We've got uh, the tailgate on the 23rd. We talked about that, but then a couple other things coming up. Yeah, the 26th, we have our monthly coffee and contacts from 7.30 to 9 o'clock at Ball Loudon Ebert and Brostrom, and they're co-sponsored by Hampton Enterprises. That's down there just south of 34th and Old Cheney in Williamsburg. Um, also, October 12th, we have our annual poker tournament as part of our BizNet that's going to be over at uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings down again at Williamsburg. Um, and then I just want to remind everybody, this is exciting for me uh, to be able to have lunch speakers scheduled out more than three weeks in advance. So um, mark your calendars. The third Tuesday of every month, we have our Leba lunch at the Grand Mance, the Jasmine Room. So our upcoming speakers I thought would be interesting for our listeners to hear. In October, we have... Uh, Lincoln Police Chief Michonne Morrow is going to come and give us kind of the LPD rundown. Uh, November, it looks like October and November are law enforcement months. Uh, we're going to have Attorney General Mike Hilgers will be there. Um, and then in December, um, I'm excited to have been able to coordinate to get Governor Pillen in. You'll remember last December we had him in. And we always try to get the governor in December because... It's getting ready for the legislative session so they can talk about their priorities, what their focus is going to be for the upcoming session. So um, it's exciting for us. The next three months, we've got the police chief, the attorney general, and the governor of Nebraska. So, And, and you can look at, uh, find more, more information on the calendar at liba.org. That's L-I-B-A for Lincoln Independent Business Association.org. So, and also you can check out our Facebook page. We create all of those. And if you'd like to... Um, Take a look at Lynn McNally's presentation uh, this past week. Uh, that is also on the Facebook page. Uh, it's a live stream, but then it shows up in the uh, video. Yeah, during the live feed, you can watch it. So it, it'd be good. If you if you weren't able to be there, I would say go listen to it because, uh, again, congratulations to the horsemen and war horse and everyone involved in just the visionary things that we talked about. This past Tuesday night, there was a public hearing, a joint public hearing, um, um, a number of municipalities in the county, plus Lincoln City, Lincoln Public Schools, Southeast Community College, uh, more commonly known as the pink card meetings. The pink cards uh, arrived uh, over the course of the past uh, two or three weeks. Some people not getting them until the day before this uh, public hearing, as I understand, but quite a crowd showed up. Yeah, and it was the property tax increase hearing. You had the city of Hickman, the city of Lincoln, city of Waverly, Lincoln Public Schools, and... Southeast Community College. And the way that hearing got set is set up is each one of those entities had an opportunity to give a presentation on what their the reasoning behind it was. Um, and then it was from then it was public comment. And so um, 
I, I was really proud to see the number of people that showed up. It was really good. I'm really excited. And one of the, the testifiers the other night at the pink card meeting uh, was Dan Klein Jr. with Waterford Communities. And Dan is here in the studio with us today. Dan, welcome to the Lincoln Business Beat. Thanks for the invite, bud. We're excited to have you. And so um, I'm going to have you read your hear, your testimony here in a moment, Dan, because I thought you, you made some very powerful comments. Um, and then we're going to keep Dan here for our deep dive today. So um, it, it, it'll be a great discussion, and I appreciate that. But let's just start out with the hearing the other night. What were some of your just general observations when you arrived at City Hall and throughout the hearing? Well, with the anticipation of the pink cards, I did get there early. I got there probably about 20 minutes to 6, knowing that, hey, I want to be on top of the list so I can testify and get home and have supper. And uh, there was probably 15 people there before I was. The hearing was scheduled for 6.30, and it did not take long to realize there are going to be a ton of people showing up here. Um, they set up the sign-up sheets. They did not. They didn't follow those. They didn't follow those either, yes, yes, because I was sitting on the corner of the front row, and I figured, man, if I sit out here, I'm going to get way down in the list. So I actually kind of weaseled myself towards the front uh, in their kind of waiting seats uh, to get in line to be able to testify, and I don't know, I was 20 or 30 deep of people that testified. Well, and uh, you did a good job of positioning yourself. So this was not your first rodeo, as I like to say. So, um, so one of the one of the things that I found interesting was okay. So I got there. I've testified at so many budget hearings and things, and just so many times. And I I thought we might have a decent crowd. I did not expect the crowd. So I got there about six fifteen. So I ended up in the overflow room, and. The first testifier gets up and te- well, first of all, I was surprised by the fact that the presentations by each of the political subdivisions was very brief. I was kind of shocked by that. I was like, "Oh, here comes the filibuster portion of the night." Um, so the first testifier gets up there, great testimony, gives their story, and and that's what I always tell our listeners: give your story. And finished, and the entire room started clapping. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. But then every testifier thereafter received a round of applause. Some of them received rounds of applause in the middle of their testimony. And that's just something we don't see when we go and testify. And my takeaway from that was we're here, we're with you, and we're behind you. It didn't matter race, creed, color, socioeconomic background, none of that stuff mattered. It was we are one and we are here together. What No, I totally You testified a lot. That was just that, that stuck with me. Yeah, I think uh I was actually surprised with the applause cuz most of those meetings that I've been to either as a audience member or to testify the decorum demands from the chair are usually very rigid Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because these panel people were not used to Mm -hmm. facilitating a hearing like this and so they uh maybe gave a little more latitude to the general public but yeah talking before uh today's podcast you know i i i would guess there was easily 250 300 people there 
Um, it's hard to gauge, but uh, I, it was an amazing I, it turnout. Was. I was, was I was surprised. So before we go into, we'll take our break here in just a minute. But before we go into that, and then we'll get more into the the meeting and some of the things in your testimony. I felt like, well, first of all, you had mentioned that you weren't able to read your whole testimony because you usually get five minutes and we had three minutes. So I want to give you an opportunity to just read your testimony. And um, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about your testimony and some of the other things. But let's go ahead and just have you read your testimony from the other night. For sure. Yeah. No, I prepped thinking I had five minutes and I was going to be short of that. But um, not being a a well-versed public speaker like yourself, I I always have to work off notes. And so I kind of developed a remark script for myself. But sitting there with the first handful of testifiers, it became obvious to me that the people on the panel were just kind of a stoic look to the audience and they were there out of obligation not to entertain Mm -hmm. or hear or even have a conversation. In fact, that was one of the parameters that was set up front. There could not be conversation. Mm-hmm. It was a one-way testimony, and that was it from the audience. So so my remarks, I kind of uh, began my opening remarks with, um, I think it's a disservice to the to the citizenry that the five people on the panel uh, were the only representation, that, you know, the people making decisions and voting on their levy increases were not represented, were not there. And I even suggested, hey, we need to have some bleachers back there and Let's get all the boards and council and look the citizens in the eye. And I even, a caveat, I felt bad for the five people on the panel because they were getting an earful mm-hmm. from the public and deservedly so. But, uh, you know, so that's how I opened my remarks. And then uh, I use some terminology in my remarks. Uh, I refer to government. And by in that context, I'm referring to the entities of city, county, LPS, SEC, when I refer to the term government. So... My remarks were as follows. Uh, property valuations increase and they sometimes decrease. Though property valuation is not your role, I believe the valuation process, in my mind, is flawed. I agree with the Platt Institute that the government's entity entity's income should be tied to tax hikes based on fluctuating values. It should not be based on tax hikes, rather. It should be based on revenue neutral rate to, the, to meet the, bu- the budgets that they voted on. This would provide predictable tax bills for homeowners, regardless of market value surges. And local government entities can budget knowing their revenue is steady and predictable. Another bonus is the transparency to the taxpayers. The way things are now, the local government entities make fiscal decisions through the budget process, and then things change when there's more money available. And that's what took place that evening for the, as people are lead, uh, the entities are leading up to their budget. Um, I have an extreme case of increased property values for our business and that um, the valuations were not addressed in a timely manner and will severely impact my business. I have three properties that are more than doubling in assessed value. I have one that is increasing five times value in one year. Imagine your home value last year was 200000 and now it's a million dollars and the taxes that go with that under this system. So my previous annual, semi-annual tax payment will now be nearly my monthly payment, thanks to this system. With the current budget proposals and levy changes, one would think that we're in the best economy ever, and all the citizens are doing really well. We must have a soaring economy with increased wages, low gas prices, and the cost of goods that we buy for our households. 
are in good shape. We must also have a healthy workforce participation that is spurring the economy on. But unfortunately, we are not. Wages are down. Costs and inflations are, inflation is high. Workforce challenges are enormous. And we've just navigated one of the most horrendous economic impacts in the pandemic. Some businesses did not survive, and most are still struggling. The American dream of owning a home is simply not possible with the median cost of a home in our area being over 300000 and the high interest rates that go with that. Several of the government entities here have communicated through their public relations that they are lowering our property tax rate. That's good, right? But why, then, am I paying more in property taxes? An analogy. This is like a clothing store advertising a 40% off sale on all the items in the store. But the prices of the clothes have doubled for that sale. So I end up paying more than before. Lincolnites and its businesses have to tighten their belts when we are in this type of economy, and the government nearly never does. This budget is the people's money, and you are the stewards of it. Do the right thing for the citizens. Very good. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you sharing that, and I appreciate your testimony. But I think uh, we'll we'll do our break, and then we're gonna we're just gonna have Dan be our deep dive this week because I, I, there's a lot of things I want to dig into more from your testimony. And I had a chance to uh, watch and listen to a good portion of it the next day, so I've got a little different uh, set of questions that I may want to throw at, at probably at both of you since you were there. But but let's do that in our deep dive. And that's coming up next. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness. And now you can have an immediate impact on the success of those programs. The 1890 Initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company. And with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska has always been a leader in college athletics. Let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Back on Lincoln Business Beat, our guest today for a deep dive. Well, he was here earlier. Uh, Dan Klein with uh, Waterford Communities. Dan, uh, you were at the and testified at the uh, joint public hearing on property taxes. Um, I was not in attendance, but I watched. And by the way, anybody can watch the entire uh, presentation, the uh, testimony uh, at the, on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com. Just look for LNKTV. They do have that entire uh, 
hearing posted so you can go in and listen to yourself. All three yourself. plus hours of it. Yes, over three hours. So that's, uh, I, I found it fascinating that the, the personal stories that were shared were extremely, um, how do I put it? They were not only reasoned, but heartfelt and really showed, at least came across in the video, how much of an effect this is going to have on a lot of different people of a lot of different uh, businesses. It just was amazing to hear those stories. Uh, what was it like inside when you were hearing these, this testimony? I agree with that, Mark. Uh, yeah, the the emotions of people's testimony was palpable. It really was. Um, some people had difficulties getting through their testimony because of the personal nature of their stories. Um, my main motivation for testifying is I just think government's out of control and uh, with their, I don't know, lack of transparency, lack of thoughtfulness in developing budgets, knowing that they're utilizing the taxpayers' money. And um, I, my testimony was from the perspective of it's impacting our ability to do business well which is going to impact my ability to be profitable, to be able to increase the size of my business, increase wages when that's necessary. And that's concerning to me long-term. Well, as an employer, how does this affect your employees when you, when you look at how it affects so many people in, in different areas? Uh, obviously, some of our employees uh, probably have a good mix of homeowners and people that rent. Uh, it's going to naturally impact both homeowners in the immediate uh, sense that, uh, you know, their their property taxes are impacted next year and those prices will go into effect for the increase of the levy changes. But for renters, the landlords, for the most part, um, I can pretty much guarantee that they're not eating the increase. They're passing that along to their renters. And I have friends that rent employees that maybe haven't told me their story of their rental challenges, but I have friends that rent and they're like, I I'm going to have to start looking for another place because the rent's going up again. And it's a, it puts them out of their budget. So they have to look for uh, another location. I think you, Mark, you pointed out a good, a good thing there on the personal nature of the stories. And I was so proud of the people that came and testified. Um, you know, I've said on here a, a hundred times, maybe we'll have to ask Lynn if we have an over under on that, but, um, but I've said so many times that when a property owner, a business owner shows up and tells their story, it is so much more powerful than when myself or other groups get up and speak. Um, yeah, I think they expect me to show up on behalf of Leba. But I don't know that they were expecting the stories of people with a 400-square-foot house, a 700-square-foot house. Uh, uh, there was a woman who had a very emotional testimony. I think she said their house was seven, 800 square feet, but they bought a couple of acres with it. And uh, her husband passed away here about a year and a half ago, and now she doesn't know if she's going to be able to keep her house. I mean, that's the personal nature of these stories. And, you know, it affects people in so many ways because it's not just 
it, whether you're a renter or a homeowner, your your cost for your monthly mortgage or rent is going to go up. But we're seeing increases proposed by Lincoln Electric System, Black Hills Energy, and then all of those costs on property taxes and energy costs and all those kind of things, those go to the retail outlets. They go to the restaurants. They go to the 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 gas stations. They go to the grocery stores. They go to all these different places. And so not only am I paying that personally at home, so to speak, but everywhere I go, I'm impacted. And, you know, when I gave my testimony, we talked about my spreadsheet last week. I talked about Lincoln over 15% on average of the people in my non-scientific survey. LPS was about 7 8%. Uh, uh, Southeast Community College was 36%. You know, these we're not getting raises that are keeping up with inflation, let alone the taxes on top of that. So I, I think we're in, we're in an interesting conundrum, and I hope that people will continue to show up. Interesting uh, from watching the video and doing a couple of stories on it. Uh, I got the impression that if, and this was from several testifiers who were talking about the elected officials that make the ultimate decision weren't there. Uh, there was some, some pretty strong criticism about those elected officials not being there to answer some questions. Uh, and it looked to me like the, the people that were there representing the different entities may have been, more, and this is just anecdotal, but they may have been listening, but I got the feeling they weren't really hearing. Like I will... That, you know, like they probably should have. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, Mark, because I think there's just that in my mind, it was. We're here because we have to be, you know, this is this is an exercise that we have to participate in. And I drew those short straw. Or <laughs> I stepped out to the bathroom during the meeting when they picked who did it. But um, but when Dan, uh, there were a couple of times during Dan's testimony and when he said, I think there should be bleachers up here in the front of the room and every elected official from all these groups should have to face the people. And there was a cheer like he got around. Dan got some rounds of applause in the middle of his speech as well. So um, but that was kind of one of the things that I noticed. And, and, and I thought that was good because people needed to realize that. Well, I think, you know, the majority of people that were there, number one. Is uh, well the majority first time testifying at a hearing, and so they obviously don't know the people on the panel for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an experienced testifier by any means of, of things that I've been in front of the in that chambers for, but um, knowing those who those in- individuals represent, I was only familiar with one name. Um, other names maybe I've written, read in the newspaper or mm-hmm. something, but didn't know who they were or what decision capacity they had. But, um, yeah, I just I think there was enough angst from the public discourse that we want to face the people that are making these choices that are impacting us in this negative way. So, Dan, I've, I've run into Dan different times at City Hall or different uh, testimony opportunities. Um, and and I'm I'm always glad when I see other folks show up. But what can you tell our folks that maybe to encourage them to show up? I mean, tell us why you think that's important. Well, when there's an empty room, or it's a uh, you know the chambers is represented by 
Bud from Liba, who represents a thousand plus small businesses, you know, there's I think there's maybe some apathy on that panel of oh well, Bud's here, of course he is. But when you get 300 citizens that show up, I think, uh, you know, in watching the people on the panel, I mean, there was, I think there was some squirming. There was some uncomfortableness and almost a stoic look of, boy, I got to protect myself here because I'm getting the arrows. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I, I commend the citizenry for getting out there. I think uh, it is challenging sometimes when hearings are at, 3 p.m. in the afternoon um, when it's not... Uh, or the county board meets at 9 o'clock in the morning. There you go. I mean, how, how how is the citizen supposed to testify or even show up to hear the hearing if it's uh, during work hours? That's challenging. Well, and even, I mean, the city council, I mean, they, their meetings are generally at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They have one in the evening, but like... Folks like you have to come and get a permit or, you know, there's something that they have to vote on and you have to be there. And so now you're having to do it during your work day. And so, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people that manage restaurants or whatever have to come down during work hours um, for just in case there's a, a question and those kind of things. So um, a couple of things, you know, I talked about your bleacher comment that got some good, good applause. But one of the other things that you said um, you talked about tightening the belt with the people's money, which I thought was probably the biggest round of applause you got. I mean, it's almost like you were the president given the State of the Union up there. You got so many interruptions for applause in that three minutes. But um, you talked about just the tightening of belt and talk about why it's frustrating to you to see, you know, these kinds of increases. I mean, they're, they're talking about, well, we lowered the levy. For instance, the school district lowered the levy 14 cents. However, if you have a $200,000 home, you're paying $300 more in taxes. You're increasing my taxes by $300, right? And so you know it's because of spending things. So, like, why talk about your frustration with that. Like, because as a business owner, well, you, you said in your testimony that your semi-annual tax payment is now going to be your monthly tax payment on property taxes. <coughs> Now you have to tighten your belt. Correct. Talk about that. Yeah, that's challenging. And, and on a personal level, I, I think it even has more impact uh, because wages are not um, increasing at the rate of inflation for sure. Um, most people, I would guess, uh, that, and even people that testified, you know, they get a modest raise, but it comes nowhere matching where inflation or the consumer price index is. And... So I think that's uh, – I think there is a natural pessimism that people have about government and their take on spending, that it's money that's available, they have the authority, and so they just do it. And when people show up and speak, I think that is one of the impactful ways that the government can see that, oh, this is maybe something we need to reconsider or – Frankly, I mean, there is a choice that you have when you vote, and people have different philosophies on tax and spend. You know, what what is their campaign philosophy? And not everybody follows through on their campaign promises, but we got to take people at their word. And um, when you select someone to vote for, I would suggest you don't look at the party affiliation. You 
do your due diligence and learn about who they are and what their expertise is in and and what do they claim that they're going to do once they hold that seat or earn that office. You know, Sounds like Dan's been Lincoln listening to Bud's uh, pontifications on the Lincoln business beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the things you mentioned, you know, people, not uh, their wages aren't keeping up with this type of increase. Uh, but there were also several people that are on fixed incomes. And, and some of them said they probably are going to have to sell their home to get out. There was one guy that was getting ready to retire in a year and said he owned his home outright. But he didn't think that going on to Social Security or, or some type of retirement plan was going to allow him to even keep his home. He made a comment. He said, if I were in, uh, uh, in the development business, I'd be developing uh, uh, senior housing because a lot of the people in this room probably are going to have to leave their homes here in, in uh, a year or two. Uh, so that type of comment. The other comment that I'd noticed or that, that caught my attention was one gentleman that said something about in this budget process, we're never hearing about things that are no longer needed or that aren't efficient. Are you getting rid of anything or are you just coming back year after year and adding? So that's that's a good one because now that you say that, Mark, I remember there was I don't know if you were you were there when this guy testified, but he talked about when they went from physical paychecks to electronic deposit and the money you can save by doing that. And so he like, but you didn't lower our taxes, right? I mean, so it was like you found a way to save more money, you just spend it in different ways. And so it was kind of fascinating to hear some of those. Um, I. I think that the big I hope the big takeaway for folks is don't be defeated or discouraged. And the thing I saw the other night I felt was people felt a sense of defeat when they figured out that their elected officials weren't there. And yeah, they can watch it on YouTube, I'm sure, you know, while they're sitting at home on their slippers, hanging out, whatever. But being in the room makes a difference, and that's that's one of the things uh, I encourage people to always be in the room. Um, and there's some opportunities for people to do this yet and face their elected officials. And I really want to get this message out to people, and that is on Monday the 25th at 5 p.m., Lincoln Public Schools is having their annual budget hearing at the district headquarters at 59050 Street. Please don't make me be the only one that shows up. Um, and then on Tuesday, September 26th at 3 p.m., Southeast Community College will be holding their budget hearing at the Welsh Center, 600 State Street in Milford. And I, I, I wish I could get all the people that signed up there the other night that showed up. I wish, I wish I'd had a flyer with me to pan out and say, okay, you need to show up at this too. You need to show up at this too. But we got to make sure people show up to that because that's when in the bleachers, as Dan referred to, are the actual elected officials. So um, what else can you tell people as we kind of wrap up here, Dan, about the importance of getting involved? Well, it, I mean, frankly, it may be a little bit intimidating because you're in an official chamber at the city. But uh, my experience over the last few years is that, you know, testifying, I don't know, maybe five or six times over this year that there is a comfort level and you're there to speak how it's impacting you. As you said, tell your story. 
what is the impact of their decisions or what they need to make uh, either a budget constraint or uh, property um, zoning change, which I've been involved with this year is, you know, you need to speak your mind and your story and tell that to the city officials, because I think it does have impact. It doesn't always go your way. I've had hearings that I've testified this, this year that, you know, the outcome was not what I wanted. Um, but what happens if I don't speak? They don't know. If you don't speak, there's no chance of them making a change, right? Correct. I mean, Correct. so it's, it is a big deal. Um, I, I love that I'm seeing you more at these, uh, hearings to testify. I really appreciate that. Um, it's, it's very valuable when our people can show up. And again, I think Dan's a, he's like a, a cliff notes version of our Lincoln business beat. Cause he's hit on some of my things and, you know, sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're not. You have 0% chance of being heard and having things change if you don't show up. And For so sure. I hope people will continue to show up. I really appreciate it. Um, and again, here's the other thing. Get to know who your state senator is. I know we talk, we've talked a lot about the city, city council, the school board, SCC. Get to know your state senator because the state senators are the ones that pass the law to send out these pink cards. And I think some state senators have seen and observed flaws in the way that the statute is written. And I think there are some state senators that are very interested in changing that. But people, one of the other takeaways, I got like a half a dozen phone calls at the office the day after the hearing. And it was, man, I am so glad they sent out these pink cards. And I said, great. Now, where do you live? Okay, you live in rural Lancaster County. So you were just there about southeast. Tuesday, 3 o'clock, Milford, bring all your friends. Like, that's what we've got to do. Bring your friends along. And maybe your friends don't want to testify. But again, I go back to the other night. There were husbands and wives there. There were families there. There were friends that were there to support their people. They didn't talk, but they were there to be with them. And and even the look of, and, and it's very rare in a hearing where you have people only on one side. That was the other, my other final observation was there was nobody there saying, hey, thank you for taking all this money. None. And so there's a sense of we are together, and it's our duty as citizens to show up. So, again, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you showing up uh, on a regular basis and appreciate you coming on the Lincoln Business Beat. And uh, any last comments for our listeners on just showing up and letting government know your thoughts? Well, for for me, I'm a little bit pessimistic about government in general, but uh, it's a necessary evil in my mind. This is why um, Dan and I are good friends. <laughs> you know, I, I even, there was one lady I sat next to uh, in the in the chamber the other night. And, you know, I think the general citizenry is just not informed. Uh, they're not in tune with what's happening in city government or state government or federal government for that fact. But she had her pink card with her and she's like, well, I had an appointment. See, it says right here, 630. Uh, I have an appointment so I can get my taxes changed. And I'm like, no, this is a public hearing that you can testify that you agree or disagree. Well, she was upset about my comment. She says, well, I thought I had an appointment. She got up and left. So, again, it's just not being an informed citizenry of what your government does and how it impacts you personally. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I just want to close with a reminder. Monday, September 25th, 
5 p.m. LPS hearing, 5905 O Street, Tuesday, three the 26th of September, 3 p.m., 600 State Street in Milford, the Southeast Community College budget hearing. If you were there or you, if you weren't there and you think, man, I should have showed up, those are the times you can show up because your elected officials will be there. Make sure you're there. Um, decisions are made by those who show up, and we've got to make sure our, our elected officials understand that. Dan, glad, glad you could make uh, this edition of the Business Beat, and I look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Mark. And, Bud, let's go over that calendar, uh, at least the nearby uh, ones, very quickly. Coming All right. Up, uh, those September pop- 25th, tailgate, uh, 11 to 2. 23rd. September 23rd. Sorry, I was thinking, see, I got hearings on my mind. September 23rd, uh, tailgate, 11 to 2 from Nebraska Gift Shop. September 25th, the public hearing for Lincoln Public Schools, 5 p.m. at the district office at 59th and O. Uh, Tuesday, the 26th, we've got Coffee and Contact, 739, down at the Ball, Loudon, Ebert, and Brostrom Law Firm, down on about 34th and Old Cheney. And then on the e- afternoon of the 26th, 3 p.m., uh, State 600 State Street, the Welsh Center in Milford, get out there and testify on the SEC budget. Ask you to like and uh, you know rate the Lincoln Business Beat podcast and tell your friends about it. Share it with them. You've been listening to the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes.